let me see, let me let me see this. It explain it in a way that I can understand. That I'm like, okay, I see how this is tying together. I'm so no, no, I, I get it. it. Baby likes his bottle. I understand. But oh, jeez. In this episode, Jar Jar acts like a blundering moron. We visit a strange planet with a teeny tiny sun, and King Julian saves the day with goo. We'll discuss Clone Wars episodes 117, 118, and Visions 3 on this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast number 23 of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. My name is Eric. I am here with your host, John. Hello! And we, this hasn't been as big of a gap as our last uh, podcast between podcast 21 and 22, but it's been a little bit of a gap. There's been some, you know, some travel, some other stuff going on, but uh, we're, we're getting back better. We are, we are, we're getting, yeah. <laughs> He's getting better. What is that? Is that, is that from the uh, Monty Python? He's getting oh, no, better. He, no, yeah. no, he got, he got better. That's what it was. He turned him into a newt. Well, he oh, yeah, but right there you yeah, go. Very good, very good. Like, anyways, yeah, so, so anyways, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we're getting better. To everyone in England, we're so sorry. Yeah, for our <laughs> terrible no English accents. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they do listen. Oh yeah. Anyways, that's how we, that's how we think you sound. Anyways, brush your teeth. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So so episode twenty three, hot of the heels of twenty two. So I planned this episode really badly. I separated out season one, episode twelve, and episode thirteen, thinking that they were actually together. And looking at the titles of the two episodes, I don't know why I thought that. But episode 12 that we're going to talk about today, or sorry, episode 12 and 13, episode 12 is actually the end of the arc that we discussed last podcast on podcast 22. So we're going to get a little bit of the ending of that guy and then some opinions on that. And then we're also going to talk about the first episode of the next arc in episode 13. And then also we're throwing a little bit of craziness in here. So John and I, uh, we love the Clone Wars. Clone Wars is a great show. Uh, I have no qualms about it. It really is a really well done show. But we need a little bit more variety in this Clone Wars kind of stretch, if you will. So we've got seven seasons of Clone Wars that we've got to get through, really, with some comics and books sprinkled in. But that's a pretty long stretch if you understand our podcast, because we're trying to do everything in chronological order. So doing that means that we're watching probably for like the next 10 podcasts, or let me take that back, probably the next 20 podcasts, uh, all Clone Wars episodes. So we're trying to sprinkle some of the new stuff in, some of the High Republic stuff, some of the um, stuff that's been released since we kind of came up with a list, etc., Etc. And this week we're going to start sprinkling episodes of the Star Wars Vision series, which came out probably about three months ago, I believe. Uh, so today we're not only going to be reviewing episode 12 and episode 13 of season one, but we're also going to be reviewing episode one of the Visions series. So, so we're just kind of trying to mix it up a little bit, make it a little bit funner for us, make sure we're getting on track, and uh, also make it so that the the viewer knows that it's not going to be specifically all about what's going on right now in 32 BBY. John, I just babbled on for a whole bit, and I know you have a beer ready to go. What are you drinking tonight? So tonight I am enjoying Terminus 10 Ooh. by what? Do you know that beer? I do. Well, I'm assuming it's an Atlanta-based Ooh. brewery because of the name Wild Terminus. Heaven. Wild Heaven. Wild Heaven. That, that's very good. Yeah, very good. Terminus 10. That's right. Yeah. And it's a uh, Belgian triple. I love Belgian triples. And get this. It is aged in bullet bourbon barrels. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And where is... um? They're in mid-Atlanta, I think. Midtown? Somewhere around they there? They are Avondale Estates. Pretty yeah, much, Avondale. you know, Decatur. Yep, Decatur. Area. Yep. Or yep. I was saying. So for those that don't know Atlanta very well, Terminus was the original name of Atlanta. It was the original name of Atlanta because, hey, guess what? We really don't have any rivers around here. We really don't have anything around here. So whenever Atlanta was kind of up and coming, it was known as a railway depot. And uh, Terminus was the last stop on the railway in a lot of cases, and that ended up being in Atlanta. So the original name for Atlanta was Terminus. Hence, when John said the Terminus, I knew kind of what he was talking about. Or it's a cooler it name for a city. Uh, you're it really from, is. I'm from I, Terminus. I, kind of, I know. I kind of wish it was still the name of Atlanta. I really yes. do. Like, I'd be like, I'm from North Terminus. Like, you know, you're like <laughs> South Terminus, but I'm from North Terminus, like where it really ends, you know. Yeah, so I'm drinking a Arches Brewing, and this is a brand, or I, I shouldn't say brand new brewery, I don't really know how long they've been around, but uh, Arches is a brewery down near the airport in South Atlanta, and I'm drinking a Winter's Night, which is a Munich Dunkel, which I'm kind of excited Ooh, about. really? Yeah, yeah okay. a little bit different. I've been trying to branch out a little bit more, because me and John, we drink together a lot. It, we are very big IPA drinkers, and yeah. I'm trying to get into a little bit more different types of beer. And and who doesn't like the name Dunkel? I mean, I just want to say, like, I'm just drinking a Dunkel over here. Hey, man. That, that's a nice, you know, nice dark brew on a nice cold night. That, that, that's Exactly. It's winter. Yeah. It's cold. It's Exactly. And I had some uh, I had some Guinness last week, and I was just like, man, i got to get back into just, like, heavy beers that sit on my tummy 
and just, you know, I only want to have like one because it's such a heavy beer, but it's just such a good, like, you know, just kind of belly filling beer. So yeah, I only so want to have one and the entire nation of Ireland laughs at your face. Yeah, they do. They totally do. Yeah. they're. Like, <laughs> We've learned to deal with the next morning. You may not have American. Well, Guinness, Guinness is, it's, it's filling, but it's not it high it alcohol. Yeah, it it's not, unlike, it's not just so you know, unlike Terminus 10, which is called Terminus 10 because. Are you 10%? No, no, no. It was aged oh. in 10-year-old uh, barrels, uh, bullet bourbon 10-year-old barrels. It I actually is. I have a feeling you're going to tell me like 3.2% or something. No, right no, no. It's 11 and a half. 11 and a half? And you can that taste every le- delicious percent of that. That is a legit beer right there. I, I'm, I'm not wow. kidding. Yes, I've had it before. I'm going to enjoy this this can once we open it. It is amazing. I think my goal may be for episode 24 to find that beer because that sounds like a heavy... Hard-hitting beer. I like it. That's, that's you, you, you say I only I only want to have one. You will have only one Terminus 10, and then you're done. Yeah, yeah, that's that's legit. That's that's Golden Monkey territory. That's up there. That's good. I'm, I'm actually going to try that. I, I do want to still give a shout-out to the Arches Brewing. They are not sponsoring this podcast. They have no clue that I'm saying this, but I always support the Atlanta breweries. Are you ready to pop the tops, John? Please. Three, two, one. <laughs> and take that first sip. No, take the first pour. You gotta pour it in glass. No, okay, manning it. This is dark, yeah. roasty, and smooth. It's. I feel like this beer is a culture-defining style that has been brewed for five centuries in Munich. The classic lager is characterized by its striking dark color, strong malt foundation, and mild roasted finish. It feels a little bit like it's a lighthearted mouthfeel, mouthfeel bringing an element of surprise, offering signature drinkability and a smooth finish. Enjoy it fireside on a winter's night. That's how I'm feeling about this beer. That, that's amazing. You just came up with that on the it fly. It is. It, it really is. That's that's from the bottom of my heart. So so one thing I do want to uh, do want to clear up too. Based off the last episode, we got a couple of different emails from people as we always do, and we talked about the <laughs> editability of Ewoks. And one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we corrected based on what we said, I said that you probably could not eat Ewoks because generally they're an older population. The sinew on the like the muscle is going to be a bit tougher. And even though, of course, it shows you know the, you know the, the the great scene where they're getting roasted over the fire pit by the Ewoks, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, they would be fine eating an older human, but I think that us eating an older Ewok would be a little bit. Disgusting. I think that there's so much used dark meat there. Yeah, that a bit it's gamey. Not, yeah, it's gamey, and you're not going to enjoy it. And then I'm not even talking about trying to get rid of the fur and all that other kind of stuff. But I do want to make sure that we do, do go back and correct because uh, user it looks like Gaviscon16 sent us a, a note that said specifically about the fact that you could eat the younger Ewoks, like the cuter ones. You know that they see like in Return of the Jedi, where they're cheering with their little rattles and stuff. I like mean, the veal uh, of the Ewoks. Right? That's exactly what I was going to say. And yes. he brought up a great point. He said that this is like a lamb. This is like the smaller, cuter Ewok. That probably has like you know the fattier flesh, uh, a little bit more of the cheek. You know you could probably use different things of the head in soups and stuff like that. So I, I have to give him credit that uh, he is probably correct. So Gaviscon sixteen, congratulations, you did prove us wrong as you, <laughs> as people always do on this podcast. But I do want to say that I do think that you could probably eat the younger Ewoks like maybe three months and, and younger, uh, a lot easier than trying to you know break down the 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 different you know fatty acids and stuff in the in the muscles of the the older ones so good to know, right, so, good to know. yeah so let's move on so glad we got that cleared away and uh, let's talk about the gung in general episode 12 i'm going to read to you the the little summary of the episode it's not really the summary it's more like the uh, the over talking doku held for ransom after escaping capture by jedi knights anakin skywalker and obi-wan kenobi the villainous court doku fell into the clutches of pirates led by the brigand Hondo Onaka, sorry, I butchered that. Hondo Onaka, eager to get custody of Doku, the Republic agreed to pay Hondo a hefty sum, uh, a hefty sum in exchange for the Sith Lord. But Anakin and Obi Wan had not counted on the treacherous cutting of Onaka and his band. So this is the uh, ender of the two-part arc. I think that we reviewed in the last episode. I. I I liked it up until the George R. point. <laughs> I don't know what to say. What, what is that? What is your overall feelings of this episode? Like, I, I enjoyed the fact that we saw the Republic engaging with a pirate and trading spice for the life of an enemy, which was kind of cool because it does show a little bit of the Rogue One-ish darker side of the Republic that they're willing to go to, you know, gray areas to, to, to get people. But well, well they're they're willing to negotiate in good faith. I don't know if that's a gray area. They're they're trading to get a high value target. Agree, but they're trading spice. 
Oh, right? I see what you're saying. I mean, so, yeah, so, 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 so yeah, what is so what it's, is, a, it's a little bit Ronald Reagan-y. It's a little bit like like yeah. 80s, like we're uh, Iran Contra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going full on Iran Contra, but I'm going a little bit where like the government's engaging in something that they clearly know is illegal. To so spice is illegal. I I need a refresher on this. Spice is illegal in the Galactic uh, the uh, Republic. You know, maybe I'm dune-headed right now. I, I, I think that it is. I think that it's looked upon as a drug that the the government or the Republic would not want to engage in trading in. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Spice is not as big of a deal as I think it is. But The, the thought of, because I hadn't thought of it in that way, the thought of uh, all of these clone troopers hauling around a trailer full of cocaine does put it into a different context. It does. It totally does. And then the fact that Hondo, so Hondo's second in command, his lieutenant, comes up with this kind of devious plan to backstab the boss and go grab the spice or grab whatever the the shipment is. I think he knows it's spice at this point. To go grab the shipment that's flying in, take that out of the equation, and then he doesn't really care. I mean, he's got the spice to haul off and do whatever he wants with. And, of course, that's where the episode goes kind of awry is where they try to take it and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and and back to your point about Jar Jar, you could see that coming a mile away, right? You know what's going to. I didn't. You I didn't? didn't. I didn't. Jar Jar's really, involved. What do you think is going to go? I happen? know. So 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 two things with Jar Jar in this episode. Number one, I did not expect him in this episode. I really expected them to send two senators down there, maybe even Podmate, like like somebody like that that would know what's going on with the situation. I, I just felt that the first two episodes of this arc were very well. I don't want to say well-written because I'm not saying that this one wasn't well-written, but I'm saying that they were very well cast with fake characters. They, they were very, like, it was very on the up and up where you're just kind of like, oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good little intrigue, you know, this this kind of thing. And then I did not expect Jar Jar to show up. And then also Jar Jar is not in the normal Jar Jar voice, which threw me even more. Yeah, did that bother yeah, you yeah. at all? Yeah, of course. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it was a very, it wasn't even, it wasn't even somebody, like, trying to do trying to imitate the original Jar Jar. Like, it was really weird. Like, it was just a weird voice, which threw me even more. And I, I don't... I, I enjoyed the overall story arc of the episode, and I enjoyed the ending of the episode. I'm not sure I enjoyed the whole Jar Jar element at all. And I'm not saying that just because it's Jar Jar. I'm saying it just because it just didn't fit into the episode. It was very... It was, I don't know. It was just very weird to see him in this. I don't know. I, I just didn't expect it. I didn't like it. I didn't... The cynical part of me would say that that when he's there, it's like the writer has said, you know what? I don't know. Throw Jar Jar yeah, exactly. in Exactly. You know, just I, I totally screw shit up. Or I wonder if there's like a Jar Jar requirement. Like they have to have X number of episodes per season where Jar Jar shows up and just to get their Jar Jar filled. Like it, it was really weird. Like I just didn't – because we've already seen him in two episodes so far in season one. And I just – I didn't feel like it was needed. Like it was just like – I think he's send, a beloved character. I mean, you know, it's not a quota. Send, it's, it's you a, could it's send a, somebody mysterious. Somebody that you're just like, oh, that person could play something later on because we're in season one of this freaking thing. You know, somebody that's that true. could play a I mean, part later on. And not yeah. Jar Jar. Like, it was just, like, cause he didn't have anything, like, he had the comical, you know, bits where he would, you know, screw things up that actually helped everybody. You know, I, I get all that, and I'm fine with that, but I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. I, I don't know. No, I'm, ne- I'm never going to enjoy those parts. You just kind of look past it. Again, we are not the target audience. Agreed. And also, too, I want to bring up the uh, pole vaulting scene. Do you remember that? Like, that was a very weird scene to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah. It, yeah. That was weird. It was weird. It was. Uh, so you've got three very powerful, powerful Jedi all chained together by this. I don't, and I don't know what material this thing is. Like, what chains three huge Jedi? Like, pretty much three of the most powerful Jedi in the universe together to where they can't use any type of, you know, I, I don't know. It, they didn't explain it in the episode. I don't know what this magic Wonder Woman whip thing is that they've chained them up in. But they've all got a pole vault. And get over this weird wall thing, and I, yeah, that was that was kind of odd too. I mean, I'm, you know, not my episode, but not bad. You know what I mean? Like, where were you? Overall, fine. It was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last episode ended with them thinking that they had outwitted the the bad guys trying to drug them, right? That they swapped cups. You remember that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, they okay. got, they and got yet they still got knocked out. Yeah, they got Princess right. Brided, and and uh, they, they, exactly. they got knocked out. Yeah, so totally. that was yeah. that was that was a surprise. And okay, I thought, I'll give good. you that. I, I agree with that because at the end of the episode, you think they got the better of everybody, but then at the beginning of this episode, you're like, no, they didn't. Yeah, that's yeah, actually no, I, I never, I never, I never thought about that, but I think you're right. I do. So that's, that was a good. That was good. There were other parts that I didn't care so much for. Uh, little things like I think it's Doku force floats a knife into the door lock. Yes, he to does. Unlock it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other Jedi or the Jedi are like, ooh, very impressive. Seriously, we we've seen way cooler stuff 
through well, the force. Both of these guys fought Doku in episode two at the end so of it, he right? T- yeah, so? so. So, like, they know what he can throw around. He threw that big old pillar thing. But he, he, it's a knife. It's a little knife, and he floated it across the hallway. It's not that big a deal. That's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. They've seen him do other things that Yoda had to battle him with, like throw that big old like column thing at Yoda. And column Yoda's thing, throw. right? X wings. Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's what's with the knife? Like, what's what's special? Like, like is it so small that you're like, oh, it, yeah? It, maybe it's the, it's the it's del- the it's the the finer you know the the fine movements to, to to pick a lock with it. Maybe that. Okay, I can understand that. That's not how it's portrayed, but okay, fine. I do I do have in my notes that there was one line that I really love from Doku. They're all chained together by this, again, the really weird thing that I don't understand why this thing isn't pro- proliferating all around the galaxy to stop Jedi. But it's like this rope thing that, that chains them up together. They can't use their powers, or kind of can't use their powers. But he says, I'd kill you both right now if I didn't have to drag your bodies, which was pretty darn good line. It That's really pretty dark. Was. It was. It was yeah. pretty dark. Like it's, 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 pretty it's dark. just almost like, a, I know I can do this. I just don't want to drag you around. Like right. I, I get it, and that that was that was that was pretty cool. That was my favorite part of the episode. Probably. That's what a, what a bad guy, what a proper evil guy would say. Yeah, agreed, totally agree. All right, so let's move on. Well, should I ask you how this arc? I'm, I'm going to ask you a score one through hundred for this arc. Mm, okay, I, I'm not going to ask yeah. you about this episode because this episode was a little bit an aberration. Because I do remember I kind of enjoyed the last two episodes. I, I, I thought they were pretty good before this one, eleven and ten. What, what are you what are you giving this arc? What do you what do this overall story? Of Doku getting captured, them going through the cave, fighting people in the cave, uh, looking for you know Doku whenever he was running through everything in the last episode. Like, wh- where are you, where are you sitting with this arc compared to the rest of the arcs that we've seen in Clone Wars specifically? So I'm actually having a, a bit of a problem because in the past I've rated so many things as an 85 or thereabouts. Oh, okay, and I think that as we do more of these, I want to to adjust that scale. That okay. what was an 85 before, going forward for me, is more like a... We're maturing. Eight. We're maturing. On yeah, this, on this it, adventure, on this journey, we are yeah. maturing. I like 85 it. is kind of high, because it okay. doesn't give me a lot of room yeah. above that. This, I want to say, is like an 82 okay. Okay. in okay. the new scale. Because, and only really for, for the, the, the concepts that it plays with, as you say, trading spice. The, a little bit darker. The, 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 the betrayals that we see... You know, the bad guys. You expect that kind of stuff. So also playing with the, the, the knowledge that if they trade Doku to the... to The the, the who? No, the, the pirates? pirates trade Doku to the... I'm blanking on the name of the bad guys. The Separatists. Uh, no, 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 not the Separatists. Doku. Doku. The Separatists. What? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you're right, you're Separatist. right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, the Trade Federation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, Trade Federation. Okay. Yep. So also, uh, it plays with the, the idea of if... The pirates, you know, try to trade Doku back to the Trade Federation. They're just going to kill him. They're just going to show up and kill him, right? They didn't really think this part through. They have to sell him to the Republic because yeah. the Republic is the only entity that will deal fairly. Well, what, what's what's interesting about that point, though, is that it's Hondo that knows that. Everybody else is really ready to trade him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so Hondo, I think, is more the the pinpoint there, the the main middleman that actually has the intelligence to say, "No, we can't do that." Right. And in the yeah. end, as I think as Obi Wan points out, you know, well now he knows where you are. And speaking of which, when Doku was getting away, you know that that you know killing that dude to to escape that was yes, um, that, yeah, that was, was yeah, again dark, dark, dark yeah, but was. satisfying, very satisfying. So so you also bring up a good point too on the ending though, where this was like one of those one of those endings where it's it's very. It's unsatisfying, but it's unsatisfying in a good way. That sounds really weird because the name, you know, the the actual definition of unsatisfying. But like, there's no real ending. Like they get, they just decide to part ways. And I really agree with you that, that Obi Wan saying, "Hey, look, Doku's not as nice as us." You know, like you're screwed. Yeah. You better get, you're screwed. You better, you're get, screwed. You better yeah. get moving. You know, like like you better like start packing now and get out of town. Well, and, was uh, was he was, was he trying cool. to help? Was he trying to help the guy out, or was he basically gloating think, a little bit? You know, no, yeah, I, I, well, to... I think both. I think both of that. I, okay. I, I really it can do. be both. I, I, yeah, it can be both. I, I think that, I think that he was kind of saying like, "We're agreeing not to kill you. We're letting you go. We also know that you owe us a little bit of something. Like, there's a little bit of debt here because I'm letting you go. But we also want you to know that you're screwed. You better get moving. Like, like as in like, we're going to keep you as like an. Uh, I don't want to say an agent, like, but we're going to keep you as in like. I'm keeping you around because I know that you may be valuable later. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I know you're going to be valuable later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very much. Yeah. So so it was, yeah, overall it was good. I, I'm, we're converging, I think. I think as, as we mature in our scores, we're converging. 
I'm I'm gonna probably go with maybe high seventies, like a seventy seven, seventy eight. Wasn't bad by any means. It was it was a good fun arc yeah. to watch, and I enjoyed the Hondo introduction too. But I, I would say that it was like mind blowing by any means either. So oh, yeah, no, no, so no, no. I think if you take our average, we're up about eighty, which is you know probably yeah. where we should be for this kind of episode. All right, let's let's move on to Jedi Crash, and this is this is something that I I, I wanted to, to talk about. This is Episode Thirteen, Jedi Crash. The Republic fleet is on the defense and pushed to the brink as war rages in much of the contested Outer Rim territories. Chaos and fear mount as the Separatist army wages an epic battle against heavily outnumbered Republic ships in the reaches of the Quell system. Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan Ahsoka race across the galaxy to aid Jedi Knight Aya Sakura, who is in the midst of a fight for her life as the Sinister Droid army closes in. So. The director of this was Rob Coleman, and the writer was Katie Lucas. Katie Lucas is George Lucas's daughter. She wrote this, and I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe this was like a one-off that she wrote. No, she wrote a lot of Clone Wars. Oh, I did not know that. I did not know this either. This is this is one of the facts that, as I was researching this episode, I did not know. So yeah, Katie Lucas wrote, and, and I'm I'm just guessing because I'm not looking at the webpage right now, but she wrote probably about I think ten to twelve episodes of Clone Wars as a whole over all the seasons, and this was I think the first one that she wrote that that aired, and I was kind of impressed. Like I was like, that's pretty cool. Like like not only are you getting direction from Dad, if you probably heard the stories or these stories from multiple times, but you know not. It, it was well done. Like, I thought it was really good. I think on this episode, for me, not only was the story pretty decent, but also the graphics, I felt like, took, like, an upgrade. And I don't know what, if it was, like, an upgrade in the software. I don't know if it was an upgrade in the time spent specifically working on this episode or what. But I felt like the graphics for this specific episode, 13, were great. I mean, they were really, really good compared to other episodes. And I don't know what changed. I don't know what the variable was that, that moved that up on the barometer, but yeah, it was pretty good. Like I thought, I thought it was uh, the overall aesthetics of the episode were pretty good or the art. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So the, the Doku arc is done. We've now got Anakin and Ahsoka going to help Asakura, who is the hot French Jedi Knight, which we've uh, talked about before. It's a, it's a neat scene with Anakin running through the cruiser, trying to grab her and, and bring her off the ship, try to rescue her. And he gets hurt. And the, the kind of gist of the episode is that, Anakin is now incapacitated. We've got to figure out a way to, number one, get him healed. And number two, Aya, Aya Sakura and also Ahsoka kind of have like a little bit of a bonding moment too, like as Jedi and, and, and Padawan, which is interesting. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good episode. What did you think? This was a very, um, a very, let's land on a planet and film most of the episode on the planet type episode. Uh, no, I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Good concepts explored. The concept of you have to do what's right for the group. You know, the whole yep. Yep. Vulcan needs of the many thing. Don't be selfish. I think at one point, you know, it's, it's the, the idea that fear of loss leads to evil. And we see that, right, with episode three coming up. Yep, coming up. Yeah. Coming up, John. Coming up. Coming up. Coming soon. That That entire concept of you can't get attached and yet... We've discussed that before. It's it's kind of weird, right? You have you don't, to. You, yeah. Right. Otherwise, you when they, when they, when they, when they, they talk about it in this episode. It's really, really well done because I think that, like, you're taught, or the, the Padawans are taught, and that's kind of like the mirror is the viewer versus the Padawan. You're taught not to have attachments. And, and, and Ahsoka brings up a very good point. She's like, how on earth are we not supposed to have attachments to somebody that has been teaching us almost as a father figure? And this goes back to, to Master and Apprentice book, Claudia Gray. Like, this goes back to all this. Like, like you you are going to have an affinity for your teacher because, and I'm not saying it's a love thing, or, well, maybe it is a love thing. Like, it's not necessarily a romantic thing, but it, it's, it's, it's your father figure. It, it, it's a person that's teaching you for this, you know, small component of your life what to do and how to do it and you know how do you not have that relationship with it and i think ahsoka does a really good job talking in the middle of the episode just being like how am i not supposed to feel emotion for this person and yeah i know our jedi ways are supposed to be like that but and as curious character is also kind of like you could tell she's like eh, like how, how do you say it? it's like a a hidden secret in the jedi order they're like yeah you're not supposed to have any attachments whatsoever but yeah we all do like like we like i my first master and that would be I, fair looked at, yeah yeah I, I looked at him as a father figure and you know, that's, yeah, that's fair. If you know, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen due to human nature, anyway. But you still preach the the ideal, the absolute. You know, no attachments. But as as we've said, if you truly had no no affinities, no attachments, you would be a monster. You'd yeah, be, you totally would. I mean, you'd be a robot. You'd be Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. 
okay. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it. But I'm just saying, like, like once you figure out that you don't need those attachments, and you change demeanor, and you become something different. And and, and I'm in total agreement with you. I, I think even Anakin at this point, and that's what's really cool about this series, is you're seeing Anakin not in that form. You're seeing him in the 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 fatherly form, honestly, with Ahsoka. Like, almost the, like... You know the, the 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 snips. I'm trying to teach you stuff that's going to save your life type situations, and I, I think that that's pretty good. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, this one's. I find that a lot of episodes for these like beginning episodes or the setup episodes, maybe in like a two or three uh, episode arc, are let's crash you into a new planet. <laughs> look at the new yeah like like and I don't. I'm not ready to say it's a trope, but I'm just saying like the the pattern is definitely that. We're a trope. Crash you. <laughs> we're going to crash you into a new planet. Show you the dangers of that planet that you've never seen. Which are really cool because they're specific to that planet, which I like. I enjoy that kind of stuff, honestly. And then show how you adapt and get out of it. Yeah, survival, little survival, mini yeah, survival to- arc. Thing. Yeah, we we had this we had this at the beginning of the last arc where they crashed on that planet and they you know got found in the cave and they're chasing yeah. Doku and the the I forget the name of the animal, but the yeah the Gundark, Gundark yeah the Gundark so. in the cave, you know, like all this other stuff. You're like, oh, we must be on this planet because we see a Gundark, you know. So it's like it's like that kind of. Same pattern going on, but I don't, I don't not like the pattern. You know what I mean? No, like, no, it, no. It's it's it's, a, it's almost like you're introducing me to somewhere new and somewhere new in this universe that I don't know about. New, and there's, and and there's lemur the people. There's you lemur people. Sh- there, there are lemur people. Speaking of yeah. of un, untenable philosophies, the lemur people, the Mongoons, they they have an impossible philosophy. You cannot follow. Yeah, they do. This. And, and they and they hope that they would be on some little outcast planet that nobody would care about, but that you know. You'd you'd have to be completely isolated. You. Yeah, to have you, that kind of. But you'd have to, to, to yeah, to have total nonviolence. You'd have to be by yourself. I agree. I totally agree with that. And I think that maybe that's the the point of the son being the guy that is the healer, as he realizes. And you know, I don't know the rest of the arc. We haven't watched it yet. But even the then, just just so we know, even then, right? You you have one one lemur dude decide you're not going to fight back. Really? You know what? Okay. Yeah. So I'm your king now. Punch you in the face. It's very funny because it's so similar to the... What is the, the movie with the penguins? Madagascar? Yeah, Madagascar. Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking of. Where you have the lemur king and then you have... Like, it like it's so reminds me every time I saw that guy. I was like, oh, it's the lemur king from Madagascar. Now, that came first, right? Because that's, that's pretty far ago. That's a good question. We'd have to go back and look. Julian the lemur if king. Only, if only we could stop time. So, I was just visited by Wings of the Future, and they told me that Madagascar was filmed in 2005. This episode of Clone Wars was filmed in 2008. So, wow. I honestly Total rip-off. Yeah, I, it really did. I thought it might be the reverse. I thought, oh, Madagascar was like, hey, that's pretty cool. George, right, Team Julian. All right, here we go. Yeah, I am. I'm Team Julian on this now. Like, that's, that's very funny. I, I never, yeah, I don't know. That's very weird. I really thought I was going to do the reverse. I really did. I really did. I thought, oh, the oh, because your beloved are... Star Wars can't. No, possibly I'm just rip saying, off. like, it would be a big deal to say, hey, I'm going to take something cute animal. I, and I'm not. These aren't lemurs. These are on some other. No, they're mongoons. They're mongoons. Yeah, they're mongoons. Yeah, not mongoose. Mongoons. Yeah. It, it, anyways. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So decent episode. I don't know. This one's not like intriguing episode. me for the next one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that because you crow guy you was know, cool. You know, crow guy was cool. Crow crow guy with the muscles was pretty cool. You got to admit, crow guy with the muscles. I'm drawing the crow the guy. Here. The the guy that Rex is defending Anakin while he sleeps. And the crow oh, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. busts out of the the reeds and starts like chasing him down and stuff. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that part. Yes, um, but that's that's probably the highlight of the episode for me personally. Well, and of course, at the end we get the magic goo, right? Oh yes, I forgot there's always about magic that. goo. There's always yeah, magic that's goo. That's a that's a good that's a good yeah. Like the 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 smaller, more non technical societies on these planets always have a magic goo. You're right. Well, yeah, it's either a, that or the episode drags on while you know he's in the ICU for several months. No, it's, yeah, it's magic goo. Yeah, it's magic goo. You fix your right up. And, and and there's a point at the episode too that I don't know why I remember this, but they throw the magic goo in a handkerchief and put it over his face. Like that's the one thing that they do. It's really weird. <laughs> like I was, I was like, his face isn't hurt. He's talking to everybody. He's cool with the face part. But then they like literally they're like, shut up, dude. Just and like they throw the goo over his face. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, the concept yeah. of the idea that there's magical goo that will heal you, I'm fine with that. But the fact that you apply it only to the face, give me a break. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's Anakin Skywalker. It's it's a guy that's gonna you know end up being one of the most powerful beings in the universe, and this is like your little side diss to him, is you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna put this 
goo cloth on your face first before I put it on anything that's wounded on you. And I just thought it was a cool little slight by the pacifist healer. I didn't pick up on that, but now I got to watch that again <laughs> because I want to see that. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a good little thing. All right, this episode, I'm going seventy out of hundred. Like, I'm not really all that impressed by it. Like, it was okay. It wasn't great. All in my respect. new scale, in my new scale, I yeah, would your new say, scale. Yeah, definitely go new scale from here on out. I'm in the high seventies. Okay, okay, yeah. So we're okay. Yeah, we're we're closer okay. again. I like yeah. I like the concept. I like playing with the concepts of here's a completely pacifist uh, society, and it makes me think about that. I like that. Okay, you get points for okay. that. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, 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 and I do have to say uh, earlier on flashback to oh gosh, which movie was it when Han was telling Leia? Oh, maybe it was uh, Empire when they were trying to escape. From the Star Destroyers. He says, without precise calculations, you know, you could fly right through a star uh, in hyperspace. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what happens to them. Traveling through hyperspace ain't like dust and crops, boy. Without precise calculations, we'd fly right through a star or bounce too close to a supernova and then end your trip real quick, wouldn't it? By the way, yeah. that sequence, I'm going to yeah. give it, it's a solid 80 now because I forgot about that sequence where they're in the docking bay of the big ship and the, the light speed is about to engage. And they have to like you know get out of the bay of the yeah, you ship. Have to get and out, yeah, because it's going to screw the ship up. Yeah, it, that which is was the, nice. uh, the whole basis for what is it, episode eight, or the whole holo maneuver. I mean, it's like yeah, like you can't you you can't hold on to a ship that's about to enter hyperspace or it's going to rip through you. You know, why are you going to bring that up? Why are you going to bring that up? We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it in like twenty just... seven. We'll talk about it later, John. We'll talk about just it later. Piss on okay. my Christmas tree, why don't you? Okay, okay, so. so. <laughs> So, so yeah, that was good. And also, too, if you remember, like in Rogue One, where the where the shuttle blasts down and then blasts off, it, it felt very reminiscent of that. Also, like which was really cool in my opinion. I don't, anyways, anyways, other thing I want to want to cover really briefly. I don't know go if ahead. you know this, but do you remember what? No, so go ahead. Oh, uh, do, yeah, go do ahead, you go ahead. Go, the, go. She, are you familiar with Star Trek Voyager? Star Trek. Vo- I never watched Star Trek Voyager. Really? Okay, you I don't know the opening credits at all. Uh, remind me. I okay, so there's one them. scene in the opening credits. Yeah. There's one scene in the opening credits where the ship is flying over like this ice ring on a planet. No, I don't know. And, okay, go ahead describe you, it. you have to go going. see that because I never paid attention to it, but, but there was this YouTube video that pointed out that based on what they show, you can calculate just how big that planet is. And it's tiny. It's like not much bigger than the ship itself. It's, it's oh, an impossible really? planet. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a fascinating thing. So, likewise, in this episode, the it ship like actually... Really good, it sounds like you have a really concrete definition of a possible planet. What is an impossible planet? Just something a, so a, small that a it's planet not really A planet that looks like Saturn, but is the size of uh, Manhattan? Yeah. And it's impossible physics-wise because... It just wouldn't be able to hold the atmosphere. It's not big okay, enough okay, to have okay, okay, gravity. Okay, okay. No, no gravity pull. It's just a small... Yeah. Okay, okay. Unless okay, it's extremely dense and therefore a black hole. So anyway, okay. in, in this in this episode, the the ship actually goes behind the star, you know, in that system as yep, they yeah. as they manage to it loops through, yeah. And, and based on that, you could actually calculate the size of the star based on how the ship goes behind it and how long it takes and all that. It's really not big. It's yeah, a tiny, it would tiny be, star. It, which is the center of the universe too in this episode. Yeah. So we're getting really geeky here, but I like it. So, so basically, we're saying that it bothers me that. The, the star, yeah, the star is so small that based on your calculation with this planet from Star Trek Voyager, I think is what you said. Yes, um, it would not be able to to hold. Could not sustain planet. fusion. It could, it could not sustain fusion or the universe that's or the galaxy that's around it. Yeah, I agree. That's cool. I like that. I like that observation. Thank you. I do very remember. Much. I, I'm trying to go back in my mind and think of that scene, and I do remember how I think it was Ahsoka that was piloting it at that point. It comes out of hyperspace. And then they kind of just dip around and almost take the little gravity ring around the the star, yeah. and it's not far. Like I think the whole scene literally shows them go around one way and then back out the other. They just kind of pan across the star, which you're, yeah. is probably where you're coming from on the uh, size of the star. Tiny. Yeah, we'll contact some of our physics professors that we know at Harvard and MIT and ask them specifically. Doctor Dugan, I think I'm going to contact him, and maybe we'll have a response in the next. He's episode. probably already investigated this. This I'm problem. sure he has. I'm sure there's probably a, like a like a university mail, uh, you know, chain or something going around specifically about Star Wars. Maybe Wars, a dissertation or two. Episode one, <laughs> season. <laughs> Season one, episode thirteen, a specific planet that happened. Impossible minute star. Thir- minute thirteen, in two thousand eight, there was a copy of Madagascar from two thousand five. Yes, I, there probably <laughs> is. They are well aware of it, but we'll we'll definitely get in contact and see what they say. 
Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the duel. So th- this is this is my exciting part for me because I, I do love the, the Clone Wars episodes. I do love talking about them. I, they are all new to me, so I'm very excited about them. That being said, we're jumping forward to 2021. We're looking at the duel, which is the first episode of Star Wars Visions that is from multiple anime creators, directors, writers, everything. This one was by Takan... I'm going to butcher this name. I apologize if you're listening to this podcast, but I'm going to try my best. Takanobu Mizuno is the director. The writers, they give credit to George Lucas. I don't, you know, think... I mean, he had an influence, of course, on the whole thing, but not necessarily uh, this. But Mitsuyasu Sakai. I think that's how you say it. I'm just guessing. I'm not very good with these names. I hope that I gave you uh, really good credit because it was a really good episode for me. I really enjoyed this as an intro into the series. Your comments earlier kind of struck me as, I don't know if you're going to be in agreement, John. So I, I want to say right off the bat that I came into this cold. You understand? I yeah, knew you, nothing. You, yeah, you did. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because I sent you a message earlier in the week that mm-hmm. can we do episode one of the Vision series? I'm not gonna lie, I watched a couple of these when they came out, so I knew what it, was going and on. I knew nothing. I knew it was yeah. different, and you were cold turkey. Like you literally had no clue. Didn't even what really this know this existed. Yeah, and you said it came out months ago. Yeah, probably about four or five months okay. ago. Okay. Yeah, I I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, Which is great. So That's what I want. That's what I want. My uh, next question. I, I am so happy. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that was that was my my first statement. Was I came into this cold? My my first question is: Are the other episodes? Is it like just totally different styles? Yes, and, completely and individual. Different. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So so you take the the whole breadth of of anime, and well, I shouldn't say breadth because I don't know. The, the you know the, it's such a huge type of art, but but take the most popular parts of different drawing styles, artistic licenses, all that kind of stuff, and just take a universe from, or take the Star Wars universe and create a story in it. So it's not, all the other episodes are nowhere near the same art, et cetera, as this. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, all of them are going to be completely different. Some of them are going to be like my high school academia type stuff. Some of them are going to be really different anime that I've never seen before. So, so the, the art styles are completely different from episode to episode. And honestly, too, I think this may be like a what-if type situation for Marvel where, I mean, this one doesn't really affect canon per se, and I don't think any of the others are probably, they're probably all serialized uh, stories that happen outside of canon, but nothing in here would be part of canon. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's more like a, just a fun type series. Well, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off track of where I was going with this and, and just okay. say briefly that... One of the things I really did like about this episode is that it is a tiny, self-contained, standalone story. Uh, totally agree. You know? That you have no idea what anybody is in this story. Yeah. Like, you can kind of tell where it fits in on the timeline based on yeah. the Stormtroopers. But that's it. That's all you got. And I love that. I totally agree with you. I love that part. Actually, I yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. I thought the fact that, that we have a Sith running around meant that it was long, long ago. This is where, that's the whole key to my point earlier that I think this is a uh, non-canon, you can't take this into the okay. fold, because specifically, they mentioned that the, the clone troopers are out of the war, therefore they have nothing to kind of do, you know what I mean? So they're raiding camps and that kind of stuff. Okay, wow, um, I missed that part. All right. Yeah, the the, 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 the city, the, the guy that helps heal the droid or fix yep. the droid specifically says that. He, he nub, says nub, that these are, these are, yeah, these are raiders that are here because they have nothing else to go to because the war is winding down, et cetera, That could be any war. That could be any war in history. It's clones, though. So, I yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, they're in clone armor. I don't know. But then you get this. Then you That's get, what I'm saying. Uh, I didn't really pick up on that. They are in clone ar- armor, and yet I, I saw, oh, these are a bunch of Sith. So this is a long time ago. Well, so that's kind of the thing, too, is that you've got... And that's one of the, the neat things that I think that is one of the reasons you can't take this as canon is that so the rule of two so that you got oh my gosh you got a Sith oh my god you got two like so it's like a weird Ronin type situation which yeah. is what they're gunning for I mean that, that's the whole point of it is that you're like this guy's a this guy's got a dark blade too and he but he even says I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily a force user although he does use the force like during the fights so it, it's kind of a weird you don't know where these guys are from. I mean, they're untrained. You know what I mean? I, I, guess, I guess that's what we're supposed to think is that both of them are kind of like untrained. Well, yeah, rogue, rogue agents. Uh, yeah, rogue, and the whole thing agents. about there there are always two and only two, that was always so limiting, you know? Well, and, and I, I when think, he I shows think that, his, yeah, his the, crystals, the, the the line of crystals in yeah, his coat. Yeah, there's tons of them. Yeah. There's tons. Yeah, there's yeah. tons of them running around. 
Yeah. So, 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 but, but, but one thing that I think you gotta, I think you gotta remember, and even whenever we were reading, it wasn't Master and Apprentice. Oh, the Count Doku audiobook that we listened to. They talk about how there are other people out there that are these Ronin like warriors. There are these people that utilize lightsabers, can kind of use the force, but they're not the two. They're not the, they're not the master and the apprentice. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, this is the, this is the selection of people you're going to draw from when you're trying to find a new apprentice. Like these are like the guys that like minimal force use. You know, can, can use some things, but it's not like they're Jedi. They're not, you know, they haven't been trained in the ways. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy from the Doku Jedi Lost audiobook that was like this. There was a guy that they talk about that he, he wasn't a Jedi per se. You know, he was evil, but he could use the Force a little He's, bit. Yeah, and, Force uh, sensitive, but not, he was force, not Yeah, he was Force sensitive enough. Yeah, it, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, so those people exist out there, and it's neat seeing, and I totally agree with you. That's one of the best parts of this episode, and, and you know, we're spoiler full at this point because it's been out for four or five months. The best part of this episode definitely is you're like, oh my gosh, there's two. There's two of them. Like, they're fighting each other. Right. Red Blades. It's this not, is awesome. No, no, no. That, that, then, absolutely. And then he pulls the jacket and you're like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that that was by far. The thing I enjoyed most of all was that this was not a Sith fighting a Jedi or a Jedi fighting a Sith. This is, I mean, because, you know, bad guys are going to fight each other. We've seen that time and again. So it was nice to have that as a contrast to the light versus dark, good versus evil classic. Now. Let me get back to where I was I was initially going. And I was trying to decide. I've been trying to decide which one to say first. Do I okay. say I appreciate the art first? Or do I say I'm not a big fan of anime? I think you should say the latter first. I'm not a big fan the, of because, anime. Because, because, yeah, because that preface is I appreciate the, the art. Yeah, agreed. And, and that's fine. And you I gotta think appreciate that, um, the art. The art is undeniable. Okay, so I'm gonna, we're, I'm everybody's gonna, clear yeah. on that. The art yeah, is just, just wait. great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thrown by the by the the setting. Okay, which uh, to me again played into this is a long, long time ago because you know the, it's that weird thing in the Star Wars universe where you so, have you know primitive conditions and yet lightsabers and so what's amazing to me and, is that I totally thought about that when I watched this episode originally and I was like who lives in this kind of like cultured like specific cultured low uh, tech type situation but do you remember you live in a hut but, but do you remember the the and yeah we're getting Mando spoilers but that's part of it the episode in the Mando though where they attack with Ahsoka and the Mando attack the what was her name the bow the, wielding girl oh what's her name they attack it's very it's very asian centric where you have like the bridge that crosses and they fight ahsoka fights her on the bridge in in the in the, he walks in the, through the town. yeah yes the koi garden exactly it's that episode but like if you look at the aesthetics of that community it it's pretty close to this it's not as basic it's not no, as like that, puttish, well but yeah, it's, it's still it's, it's, it's still that weird very, that's the weird Star Wars, the sort of gritty uh, Tatooine kind of, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, like like your, yeah, yeah. your planet still has This is below has its, that. Its, this well, is, yeah, this because is... your, planet, your planet still has the host. But also there's no like big wall around the city or anything. So if you take away that wall aesthetic from the Mandalorian episode and this put a city down here, it oh, does it not look like the one here? No, they, they I mean, come on. They, they clearly went for the, I'm trying to think of the, is it Shogun architecture? Yeah, Shogun Japanese. Yeah, that's yes. exactly right. Yeah. So that that was again that was an artistic choice and and I get it. Well, That's I think I think fine. it was an artistic choice. That, I think it's an artistic choice to show the difference in the fact that because if one of one of my favorite kind of like uh, mini scenes in that episode was where you have this huge roving troop carrier that blasts through all the huts at the very beginning and it almost leans a little bit because it might fall on one of the huts and you're in your in your mind you're sitting there thinking oh don't fall in the huts like the you, you know what I'm talking about the very beginning where the troops come in yeah. That big carrier like rushes through a street. It shows a very well well drawn. It rushes through a street of these huts, and you're like, oh my god, this is like such a like, or at least me, I was like, oh, this is such a like a weird thing in my brain because I'm sitting there thinking, oh, these are these huts that I think from from like 1200 to 1300 Japan, coupled with this massive, you know, thing that's thousands of years in the future that's carrying all these different, you know, you know. Clone Warriors, and and that that's a very jarring juxtaposition. Yeah, it was meant to be a jarring juxtaposition. It it was, it totally was. That's where that's where I'm kind of like, like these people must be choosing to live like this. Exactly. That's that's kind of what I was getting at. They're choosing to live like this, and and then also choosing to live with five guards that have all sorts of weaponry of current condition. You know what I mean? Like like the 
you have you have the five six guards i think that uh we're defending like the little boy that leads the town you know he does this hand motion and the assassins drop or the the attackers drop the first wave of attackers drop based on the assassins i guess or the guardians that live in town and they're all using completely current weaponry right yeah so so it's a very weird aesthetic to see the the jedi or the sorry the uh, what would you call her the the rebel umbrella girl using this weird I'm glad old... you said umbrella girl. I was I was going to call her the the uh, clothes drying rack girl. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Clothes drying rack girl. Like you you see her as this like throwback to that same aesthetic though because like you see, you know, some of the older Japanese movies or some even the newer Japanese movies like Smoke and stuff that uh, they use umbrellas bladed umbrellas as weapons. Yeah, it was very that was very weird. I don't I, no, I shouldn't say weird. I enjoyed it, but it was very different. I enjoyed it, but you have to understand Eric, Eric, you have to understand. So when when I saw for the first time Darth Maul in episode one, right, where he ignites his lightsaber, and then he ignites a second lightsaber, right? It was like you're up in the you're up in the ante. That's what always has to happen. You got to up the ante. So as soon as I saw you know clothes drying rack girl, she ignites like ten lightsabers it's like yeah, give me yeah. a freaking break i mean that's what you came up with so so to be fair and i'm trying to remember oh shadow the name of the movie was shadow i watched a movie about two years ago called shadow which is literally they use an umbrella as one of the main weapons in the, and it's a bladed umbrella and there's lots of it's like a small army and they trojan horse kind of into this city and then they start like beating people pretty much with these umbrellas that are like bladed and i, I remember looking at the front of it and being like all right i gotta see how this works because it just doesn't sound like it could work they made it work, and it, 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 it was a martial arts style that I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's pretty cool. I think they were trying to capitalize on that. To me, the first thing that, that, that pops out is I'm like, wait, how do you have eight lightsabers? Like, like, how does this work? Like, how do you – it's supposed to be like this monumental task for you to build one lightsaber. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how do you have How do you have eight? Like, like to me, but it's she just pulls, like she – pulls the she pulls her main lightsaber out of the hilt, out of the pole part of the, the umbrella yeah, thing. Yeah, but still. And I, I, I took that to mean – and it kind of deactivates. And I took that to mean that – they're not really lightsabers. They're 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 channelers. They're they're tubes. Well, she you know, destroys focusers. stuff with them though. Like she has. Yeah, no, they're they're the water. lightsaber blades, but but it's the lightsaber in the shaft. Okay, so, so that you're, is thinking, you're thinking that each each of these different umbrella blades is like one eighth of a regular lightsaber. I can I can something buy like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that. I, I yeah, okay, I'll buy that. The initial when she lights it up feels like there's like eight lightsabers hanging down, and I was just kind of well, like, that's, what? That's what it's meant to be. Exactly. So you have the same sort of reaction that I do. It's like give me a break. You you could you well, had to come up with like, something. Give me a break. Like I'm just kind of like okay, this is this is cool. Like like, like no, my feeling it's was not like. Cool. No, cool. See, I thought it was cool. I was like, okay, and maybe I've seen more Umbrella Warfare than you have, John. But I'm perhaps just so. That, like, but you have you can't <laughs> deny the vulnerability of the center section, right? You may have yeah, a whirling agreed. blade of death, but it is a donut of death, my yeah. friend. <laughs> because there's a hole in the center. There's a hole in the center. Why don't you just shoot? Duncan that? took that thing out and sold it, my friend. Sold it for your life. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was it was a neat take on it, and I enjoyed the take on it. Do I want to see other Jedi? Plop it through the universe with umbrella blades? No, I do not. And no, I, they're gonna have to come up with like you know a dodecahedron of lightsabers. But next. but that being said, that being said, uh, I sent you uh, was it uh, was it oh, man? It may have been even last Christmas. I sent you the Jedi lightsaber book, which has a couple yes, of really I have good it. lightsabers. I can see we'll, it. We'll discuss it. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss it on future episodes. Maybe we'll point out some stuff in some post to our Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord, feel free to go join it. We'll post the link in the show notes. Well, maybe we'll post some stuff in the Discord about the different lightsaber shapes and stuff because there's some in there that I'm just kind of like. Like, like, okay, so you're upping the ante thing. Kylo's lightsaber, by far, making it look like Excalibur on the sides. Like, right. I, yeah, I, I, I get it. I totally get that part. There's a couple High Republic ones that I'm just kind of like, wait, what? This happened, like, 300 years before Star Wars, and we're still... And Luke and them are still dealing with normal lightsabers? Like, like there were some designs in there that I'm just like, what is this? This is, like... Yeah, and you got the seven sisters from the Sith. We're about to encounter a whole bunch of different lights. Okay, so so we're gonna have a subsection of this podcast that is just John describing lightsabers <laughs> uh, from here on out. Because I, I'm thinking in my head, there's like three or four coming up that you're just gonna be like, "What?" Like Umbrella Girl's a, a, a bit eccentric. I, I totally agree with that. She's yep. that's a very weird one, and I, I I'm not in agreement with it. But you're about to see two or three coming up that you're just gonna be like, "Wait, what is this?" And that's that's the the age old trap of someone has had time to think about what Lucas just you know sketched you know drafted Agreed. out on the back of an envelope, 
And then they have to, in this case, Star Wars, they have to fit it into the timeline. So they have to go, typically, back, back in time, which makes it weird. Because, yeah, yeah like you said, what happened to yeah. all this ingenuity? It just disappeared. Right. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe people figured out that the umbrella was not the best choice because, hey, this lady dies. No spoilers. <laughs> she, she, but I'm just saying, like, it, the, yeah, the, the umbrella did not work. You know, and his two bladed or his two blades, his almost Witcher like quality of having two different blades helps him out, you know, in this episode. But I, I think everybody should go watch this episode. I, I really enjoyed this one. I'm eager to see what your thoughts are on the next two. I, it, honestly, I. They're on, very different. When I was watching it, as I finished watching it, I, I was trying to organize in my head how do I tell Eric that. Nah, not great. Fine, yeah, I was whatever. I was a cool by it. No, it I has it, it yeah. has uh, in the time since grown on me. It really has, yeah. and I do okay. I definitely appreciate it. I think it's very well done. The again, the art is undeniable. It's just the setting was a little jarring, but I get why they have that setting. Yeah, and the, and the, the art style. style too. Yeah, the art style too is not. Um, no, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. But that that kind of dictates the setting. It's it's of a piece, you know. the The art style and the setting all go together, and so that's why I think over time I am appreciating it more and more. All right, so John, we're getting close to the end of this podcast, but I do want to ask you because I always ask you at the end of these podcasts, what are you currently watching right now? Like, what other outside the Star Wars universe? Like, what are you really getting into at the moment? So I'm actually, I'm, I'm watching quite a few things right now, but the one that I want to focus on that I just finished is Apple TV plus whatever foundation. I was going to actually say the same thing. Yeah, I know. I, That's why I yeah. wanted to preempt you. Okay, okay. Let's but the difference here, the difference, dear listeners, is Eric has not read the source material. I've not read the source material. I apologize. I've read, I, I, I really strive to read most well, of no, the... Well, no, no, no. This is good. This is good. Oh, okay, okay, because you want to get the trust have, opinions. I have. Okay, the source enough. material is near and near to I was going to say near and dear to your heart, I know. Yeah. So I have a very different take on what they did to my baby. Okay, so so I don't know what's changed from the books. Okay, or, or Asimov's vision of it. I, I, I just don't know that. I'm going to give you a real quick glimpse of what I think that this is. I was really, really confused for the first four episodes. So it's ten episodes total. Uh, I was really, really confused for the first four episodes, which was meant to be. It was a lostish type thing, and I'm fine with that. The next episodes, you gain a bit of information per episode about the story. I think the tenth episode was really, really good in tying it into a bow. Like, I really do think it like it answered all the questions I kind of had for the other episodes in a way that I was just like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So what did you think? So I'm not going to go into how the series differs from the, the novels because anybody can look that up, right? That, that's, that's pretty cut and dried. I'm very interested in hearing your take on it as someone who does not know the material at all. I, it, certainly the series was so fundamentally different from the, the written source material that I had to set that aside and take it as it is as it is presented. And to that end, my biggest takeaway was, because I like a lot of what they did, the the three emperors, the, the cloning aspect of it, the eternal emperor, if you will. Okay, so, you know. so, 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 so help, help me out. Yeah. There are not the three emperors in the books. <laughs> it's not even close. I, okay, I mean, okay. emperor Cleon, the first is in like the first story of the first book for a couple of pages. And that's it. Really? Really? He's a, he's a centerpiece in this thing. Centerpiece. For, for the and, yeah. and I love, I actually love that the, that was a major part of this of this series. I have such big problems with the series overall, but I I enjoyed that. I thought, you know, the whole oh, brother okay. dawn, brother day. Yeah, day. Brother I love that part. I, I thought that was what, I really thought that that's, was Asimov. That's I really, really nice. thought that was Asimov. Okay. Yep. All right. That, no, that absolutely nothing to do okay. with that. Um so I enjoyed that overall. The 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 crisis that they have to go through, that was that was good. Again, totally so, uh, different. So space totally elevator is that part of the book? No, no, not at all. Nothing to do with anything. No. You got to understand what what this ten episode series covered is like the first bit. If you were to line it up, it's the first bit of the first book. Okay. So I don't even know how many pages that is. 50? 30? I, I don't I forget. Maybe it's, maybe it's like more like 50 or 60. Are you serious? Like 50 yeah. pages? It, it's the opening, the setting. You know, here, here's Harry Seldon and what he does. And Gal Dornick and all that. 
and then you're on terminus and they deal with the first crisis. And that's it. That's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy to me. So they, I, this was... they made it their own thing. For for good or bad, well, that's, they made that's their own thing. Cool though, I mean, uh, sure. yeah, they did a good. I, I, they did an interesting story to me as somebody that's never read it. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I, have to, it, it, I have to admit that that I'm, I'm like, as someone who didn't read it, they're kind of using the fame of Asimov. That's exactly because, it. That's because, exactly because, it. Because I'm kind of like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, I get it. You, this is why Asimov yes. is like so good. You and could have had this story. You could have had this yeah. story and just rename everything. And it would have been yeah. a, a new, fresh, standalone kind of thing. With yeah, some people would point out that wait, that's a lot like the foundation. But you, you know, it, it would have been so sufficiently different that it's a new thing. But yeah, it, you, it, it, you plug yeah, into that immediate fan base of yeah, this is foundation. Yeah. This is Asimov. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit of bait and switch. This is like it's um, a, you know, I feel like this is kind of like a ghostwriter thing where like, um, and I don't know the the authors who do this, but like. I remember reading one time that like some big authors will just, you know, it'll be like the name of the huge author. Like, and I'm just using Stephen King as the name just because I'm, I, I don't know that he does this or anything, but like they'll say Stephen King in huge letters on the book. Yep. But the actual novel will be written by somebody else in small type font at the bottom. Oh, Arthur and C. Clarke did that a lot. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's, 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 I just gave up reading them because it, yeah, it's just not the same thing. It's like where he's collecting the stories. And but his name's in big bold print on the front. Yeah, of the books. it's like, presented oh, as, as him. Yeah, yeah. but but, but really it's not. It's actually him that. being the editor or him being the 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 aggregator or whatever you want to call it of all the different stories in the book. And it seems to me that that's kind of what Apple's doing here. Maybe like it's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, we took this story and we took these and from what you're saying, thirty to fifty pages, which actually makes sense because they're like, we're going to fill in these fifty pages in the first season of the show with what whatever we want. And as long as we start off at Alpha and end at Omega, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of well, like a... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still... I'm always going to wish that, that uh, what's in the novel could have been put on the screen because I, I love it. I, I think it's a fantastic story, especially as it goes on. But there was one thing I wanted to say, though, and that is... Oh, the, the, you liked Episode Ten. The one problem I had with the series, just just with the series itself, is uh, to me, Episode Ten was almost a train wreck. It was it was just oh, shoved in there. Just, just sh- sh- shove everything in there. We've got to wrap it up. You know, we're out of time. It's supposed uh, to be ten okay. episodes. And, uh, and I when I get that see, feeling like of the, rushed, I don't like it. So I like the explanatory episode. Like, I enjoy the... The fact that we knew where we were going this whole time, and I agree, it could be rushed, and maybe I'm just like happy that I'm getting these dopamine hits of, oh, that's what it was, that's what they were talking about, you know, and 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 I think the 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 how do I say this? The and I, I don't want to give anything away because I'm trying not to give it away because I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't watched it. The whole last scene is a bit preposterous to me, like yep. totally prepos- like like you're just kind of like, wait, what? Like that doesn't seem right. That's kind of stupid. But that being said, I enjoyed it because it explained a lot of it. I didn't. And I hated it, 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 well, it so much. I hated it so much. Let me see this. Let me see this. Explain it in a way that I could understand. Not that I liked it. Not that I enjoyed it. But explain it in a way that I'm like, okay, I see how this is tying together. Especially with those two specific characters because I was yeah, so no, confused. No, I, I get it. it. Baby likes his bottle. I understand. But oh, jeez. Let, <laughs> let, let me go, go back briefly because uh, we, we uh, glanced over it. The, what was it called again? The, the tower thing? The space elevator? What was it called? Stars. Yeah, I think I think it was called Space Star Elevator. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it was called Star's yeah. End or something. Anyway, that we're, we're, we're about to talk about the same thing that crashed down that the terrorists. Yes, when up. that yeah. when that the the scene of it crashing down onto the planet, that was amazing. That was so good. No, I totally agree with that. The space elevator scene was probably one of the best ones in in, in the show early on. That I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is taking a cool twist. Like it almost felt expansive. Like like. The yeah. terror, did the yeah, terrorists yeah, yeah. do it? Like who? Like who? Who just destroyed this monstrous piece of technology that that has been strived for for not hundreds of years, but like thousands of years? Like this is like something that like they've been working on forever. And I don't and know if you picked up on this, but they they mention it. That thing yeah. went all the way around the planet, just just yeah, just wreaking devastation yeah. all the way yeah, around. No, and more. well, they, they call it the, the, the scar. I think is what they call it. like the, yeah. like where it landed and destroyed. And, and you're not just talking like people that were on the thing. You're talking about all the people that's homes were destroyed going all the way around it. 
Yeah, and you can and, definitely and, and tell thoroughly that a completely a populated world. Trantor is is you know it's like a Coruscant from the Empire. Yeah, Coruscant. Yeah, came yeah, later. where it's just all city. Yeah, it's all yeah, city. It's all city. And again, that's one of the things that really captured my imagination with the original well, so foundation. To be fair, that's that's one of the greatest parts about the pivoting of this of this series, at least for me, as somebody that doesn't know the story, was that that was such a huge event in Dawn Day and all them's career, whatever you want to call it, clone life that like. You can tell that it has an effect on them to where they understand that he may be right, that there may be chaos out here, that we like it's such a fundamental change for them based on what they've always learned from, you know, Robot Lady and everybody previous, you know, to them as the other clones. Does does that make sense? Like, it's like a very big event for them to where they're almost no spoilers or anything, but almost to the point where they're like, we are maybe out of our league a little bit like 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 we maybe we need to let him go you know, to this other planet and do research on the foundation because we're not seeing everything. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I have no clue if that was in the books or not, but nope. I thought that was a really good revelation. Not at all. Not, not in one bit. It's um, very funny. This seems like this, like, like literally like, when you say like 30 to 50 pages, like it amazes me that like you just grab this 50 pages and create your own story out of it. Well, it's like, what what was, I'm trying to think of it. There, there are so many Stephen King short stories that have been turned into famous classic films. I'm thinking like yeah, Shawshank like maybe? Yeah, no, no, there's tons. Yeah, Green Green Mile. Mm, no, the, it, I I don't know that one, but I think I'm thinking I'm thinking of uh, Shawshank. Or no, there's one I can't think of right now. Shawshank it is, is a short dealscape. story that has like almost nothing to do with anything, but they turned it into this film that is now considered you know just a treasure. If it's not Shawshank, I can't think of what it is. Are you sure it's not Green Mile? Green Mile is no, it's not the Green Death Mile. Row. Nope, nope. Okay, no. I know what Green Mile is. It's not the one I'm thinking of. It's Something has nothing to do with the original short story. Almost nothing huh. to do with the short story. Cujo? Is it Cujo? It's nope. Cujo. It's nope. Dog. nope. 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 All right. Sorry. Moving on. All right. Anyways, um, you know, I, I get what the you're point saying. Is, it, the point is that you can take. Subsection. Yeah, you can springboard off of, of your almost unrelated source material and create something amazing. And it's, it is so curious to me to hear people like you who don't know the material. You just, of course you assume, you assume that the three emperors, that's, that's wow. That's in foundation. I never knew that. It's not there. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a, that's such a foundational part of the show Yeah, that like amazes me that that wasn't there. Like that's where I was just kind of like, wait, what? That's not part of it. Like, that's not like, yeah, that, that amazes me because it honestly is like the crux of the show. Honestly. I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, and for me, one of the disappointing parts is to have Demersal, the robot, to have yeah. her outed like right away. First of all, she's not supposed to be there. Second of all, the fact that she's a robot, no one knows that. Interesting. Ever. Okay, okay. She she served the Emperor that's decades big... before this story. Okay, okay, I was about to say, that, that's a very big character. Oh, what, what am I looking for? That's a very big character, not flaw, but like like discussion point on her early in the series, like early, like really early. Like, you know that she's a robot. Yeah. Like even, yeah, before, his right pilgr- even yeah. before his whole pilgrimage episode, you know that like, it's like a yeah. very, that's interesting. That's that. Yeah, they decided not to, not to try yeah. and hide it. They wanted to bring it right up front and that's fine. That's, that's fine. It's just in the books, it's a major, major, major reveal later on that she's, she or he is still around. And that's how Asimov tied in foundation the Foundation series with his robot books, robot novels. Ah, uh, okay. I got right? That was his, it, it, later on in life, he was like, I got to, you know, I want to put a, all these things in the same universe. And like so when, you he, say ro- when you say robot, you'd be like, I robot? I robot, uh, robots and empire. Okay. okay. The, so, so, so he's creating this kind of Brandon Sanderson type of, uh, overarching thing that these books series are. Yeah. So, so many of it. Yeah. So many of his, his novels exist in the same universe, just tens of thousands of years apart. Got you. Got you. So it's, it worked just fine the way they did it in the Apple series. You know, now you can't have that major reveal later on, but that would take years of, you know, so, so many seasons and it's like, Oh, she's a robot. You know, that just at that point, it wouldn't make any sense. So take take yourself and put yourself in my place. Who has never read anything? Would you have enjoyed this? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I absolutely would have. Except for the, honestly, the last episode, I thought it was just too rushed and too like. Oh come on, you know. But that's more that's more that's more the manufacturing of the last episode, though. Like the, like the yeah. pace, like not you're, well the you're pace and from, from, yeah. no. What they decided to do, what they decided to do to bring two threads together is like no, 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 no. So mm-hmm. does that have? So I'm asking, does that have any? 
evidence in the books? I mean, Zero. That... Okay. None. Okay. Okay. Nothing okay. at all. Yeah, so that was a stretch um, for me as a viewer, not knowing the books. Like, that was a very big, like, okay, I I, I get it. We're, we're tied together. Yeah. I'll deal I, with again, it. Gal but, Dornick but, but, is in, like, five pages. I mean, he's... He's like That's not crazy. a big That's character. So crazy to me. That's so crazy to me. I think he yeah. ends up being the first mayor of 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 Terminus, you know, of the foundation, and that's it. He's done. Move on. I never realized it was called Terminus along with Atlanta. We we discussed this earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Why do you think I'm drinking this beer? I never, I never put that together, John. You surprised <laughs> me. This is your great twist at the end of this podcast. This, this is that, my... seriously. I I didn't. I like until you just said Terminus. I was like, wait a minute, like Atlanta. Wait a this minute! I my, explained this earlier in the yes, podcast. This is my concerto. We're tying this it all together. Is my masterpiece. Oh my gosh! Great job! Great, great! I seriously, clapping over here. I like. I, I may go have another beer because of this. Like this is this is so good. Great job! Great job! I didn't see it until the end. Great job! So thanks for joining us tonight on episode twenty-three. Uh, fun episode. I really enjoyed this. So next week we're going to be talking about episodes fourteen and fifteen of season one. We're almost done with season one. We're getting toward the. End. I'm excited to see where it goes after into season two. I think there was supposed to be like a time gap in between season one, and season two of the Clone Wars. So uh, maybe they changed up some some writing styles or, or writers or, or what have you. So I, I'm eager to see that. We're also going to be reviewing Visions, which I think we both enjoyed. Well, to a point, Visions season one, episode two which is a little different than season one, episode one. So I'm eager to see John's thoughts on this, to see if the uh, artistic style is more his bread and butter, or if it's something a little bit different. John, it's been fun. Thank you. I, I hope you enjoyed your Terminus beer. I did, very much. And uh, this is the Terminus of the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank everyone for watching. Stay safe. And we will see you on episode 24. This is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, episode 23. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. And be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with the well-nourished Eric Thompson. Thank you for joining us. But oh, jeez.